when someone says something negative to you, don't take it to heart and just always come back to the goal that you want to do and achieve. That is your promise that you made to yourself that you want to achieve the goal. You're listening to the Wholehearted Podcast and I'm your host, Cohen Tan. I'm on a mission to set hearts free and inspire people to break out of their self-limitations to create the life of their dreams. Each episode, I speak to people around the world who live with vigor, courage, and authenticity. And I hope their stories can inspire you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Wholehearted Podcast. Today, I have with me a very special guest. Her name is Barbara Chen. I met Barbara recently at an event where I was a keynote speaker. During the break time, I was just conversing with her and she started telling me a story. She was a world champion in strongman competition and I was blown away by her exploits. Today, I'm very excited to speak to Barbara to uncover her journey and the kind of challenges that she had to deal with in order to become a strong woman. So welcome, Barbara. Hello, Cohen and everyone. I'm excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me here. You know what? Looking at Barbara and like, like the muscles that she has on screen, I mean, our podcast guests at home cannot probably see this. I'm just so happy that I'm wearing a jacket. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, jokes aside, Barbara, uh, what are you currently uh, working on in your life currently? Well, I've been busy with two jobs. I'm uh, a new life financial advisor and also a coach in the gym. And I'm a mother of twins. I'm also putting in time for my own training as well to stay healthy and strong. What discipline, what discipline. So Barbara, can you share with us a little bit more about what does wholehearted living means to you? Wholehearted living means that um, is to live purpose, life with a purpose. And to wake up every day knowing that you are alive, feeling grateful and blessed that you, you have health and you're able to do the things you want to do or have to do and just um, help others, be loving, kind and caring, spread love to the world and do everything with your heart, mind and soul. Wow, there's quite a fair bit of things over there. I love it. Everything with your heart, mind and soul. That's fantastic. So Barbara, I think um, I everyone knows of your achievements, right? But let me just take us back a little bit further. How were you like growing up as a child? Well, when I was born, my mom told me that I had a hole in my heart. So I was staying in hospital for the first week. And the doctors were um, contemplating on having an open heart surgery to close the hole in my heart. But miraculously, after a week, the hole in my heart closed by itself. So I have a whole heart, naturally, without surgery. And my mom was like, yeah, very strong baby, so you're going to survive too well. And when I was a baby, she also told me that I never learned to crawl. I just stood up one day and started pushing this toy trolley I had with me and walked around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you never learned to crawl and you, you straight away learned to walk and push a, a toy trolley around? Yes. Yes. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, I know that there's a sign to come, right? Um, so, were you always athletic and sporty growing up? Well, when I was um, 14, I actually joined the... I was asked to join the synchronized swimming first synchronized swimming team in Singapore on Methodist Girls' School. So, it was very... 
interesting and fun because it was the first time we had this sport in this country. Uh, we had a coach that um, we had choreography and music band. Wow, wow. So is that your first foray into sports? Oh, uh, yes. It is actually. I've also tried tennis, badminton, volleyball, uh, bowling, rock climbing, skiing, jet skiing, <laughs> blading, yoga, pilates, weightlifting now. <laughs> wow, that's, that's quite a lot of, a fair bit of um, sports, right? Quite a array of sports that you, you've been to. You've always been very active. Um, have you always known that you wanted to pursue some, um, a career in sports? No, I've never thought of it this way. To me, sports is like an outlet for me to have me time to de-stress, unload, be with nature, be with myself, to listen to my own breathing. So it's something that also I see as a challenge because if I do a sport, I, I don't give up easily. I just try it and then I, I just want to keep getting better and better and better at it until I am tired or like I move on to another sport. So like, for example, there was once I started rollerblading with a bunch of friends in my 20s. So it took me about two hours to rollerblade from one end, Changi, to Fort Road. It was antagonizing. And then I was I was telling myself, no, I can do better than two, three hours doing this stretch. So I kept going back every week and rollerblading and rollerblading. All the rest while the rest of my friends dropped out. They're like, Oh, I'm tired. So I, I'm left alone to do it by myself. So by the end of a few months I could rollerblade down this whole stretch in forty five minutes, which is about thirteen KM. Wow, wow, wow. What kept you going even when your friends gave up? It's just something in me that wants to challenge myself, to tell myself that I can do much better. I, can, I want to push myself to the limits. I want to see how far I can go, how long I can last, how much I can endure. Love it, love it, love it. You're always challenging yourself and I really like that spirit, like that resilient spirit um, to keep going. So I, I see that you've you been involved in an array of sports, right? like synchronized swimming is incredibly a, um, a, a team sport, right? It's very much a team sport, right? And you need to be able to synchronize yes. with the other other girls, right? And um, volleyball is also very much a team sport. But some of the other sports that you named, right? Like um, rock climbing, badminton, bowling, um, you know, uh, weightlifting, bodybuilding. A lot of these sports are more like, you know, individual sports. Right? So how do you, how do you actually combine, you know, team sports together with individual sports, solo sports? Uh, I, I actually prefer individual sports. I, I'm not, uh, I mean, I, when I was doing synchronized swimming, I was only 14 to 16. So as I grew older, I felt that um, I am more at peace when I'm doing the sport. Would you say that there are some things you have learned from team sports that you're able to apply individually and vice versa? Well, for team sport, of course, you need teamwork, um, coordination, mutual understanding. You have to be part of the team because there's no I in the team, right? So you have to be more um, focused and your attention is on others as well, not only on yourself. So, but for individual sport, your entire focus and attention is all on you. So I find that I perform and do better when the attention and focus is all on myself. I don't think I'm being selfish by saying that because it's, I suppose it's how different people operate. Some people need the encouragement and more support of others when they are in the sport. 
to challenge themselves, to keep going. But for me, I don't feel that I need that. I mean, I, I think I push harder on myself than others can push me. Very well said. That's very, very beautifully articulated. There's no shame uh, in either or, right? It's, it's not one is better than the other. It's yes. just very different discipline altogether. And of course, um, being in a solo sports, right, it's also uh, incumbent on your ability to, to withstand pressure and tension, right? Uh, I can imagine the performance anxiety must have, must have been ramped up to be very, very high you know, before every competition. Oh, yes, it's, it is very high, but um, I'm also blessed that I have a very good coach and husband and give me that mental support that I need and focus, especially because it's a very mental game. It's not really only physical. It's, you have to be calm, collected, and you cannot be distracted. You just have to remember all the training and time and effort you've given in the past months, years. So the night before, usually, or a few nights before, I will just forbid, I will try to calm myself down by visualizing my lips. I will just lie in bed and, and see myself going to the barbell and setting up how I stare, how I breathe, and how I execute the movement as smoothly as possible. Beautiful, beautiful. I really love what you just said, right? It's like a lot of it is about a mindset. And, it's, and very often people think of, you know, like the self-made millionaire, you know, um, or, or self-made successful people. But I think success is always a team sport. Um, we all need you know, supportive people around us, whether is it our loved ones, whether is it um, supportive coaches, mentors, people who are there to, to be there for us, even our peers, right? Uh, as the saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I really like what you just yes. said. And um, even even the the, 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 the the inner game as well, you know, the visualization and all that. Very very often people misunderstand that. People often you know underestimate that. That's beautiful. That's a very nice segue into um, talking about the inner mindset in the inner game. A lot of uh, wholehearted living is all about you know the inner mindset, the inner mental game, and also um, your inner beliefs. So, Barbara, what are some of your um, beliefs that have helped you to? To come this far? Some of my beliefs are that when you want to do something, when you set your mind on a goal to achieve, no matter what it is, it can be work, it can be your family, relationship, you have to put your whole mind, heart, soul, and most importantly, surround yourself with people that will bring the best version of yourself. Because one hurtful word can definitely make you want to give up. Like someone can say that, oh, you can't do it, it's not possible, you're too old for this, or you're too weak. Words are very powerful. They can use to harm you or it can use to inspire and push you in the right direction. So that's why when someone says something negative to you, don't take it to heart and just always come back to the goal that you want to do and achieve. That is your promise that you made to yourself that you want to achieve the goal. So keep going and don't be distracted by other people or what they think. I love it. I love it. Keep, uh, remember your promise to yourself. That's such a powerful, powerful line. Uh, tell me, have any have there been times when people said hurtful things to you or have there been detractors that have hurt you? I mean, let's, let's be honest. We all make our flesh um, bones, but also we have a beating heart, right? Definitely we'll be hurt, as you mentioned. Have there been a time when you were hurt and it sort of like took you off your game? 
Yeah, many times I've been hurt. <laughs> Especially in the beginning when I started into this journey. You know, my parents were against it. They were saying, oh, no, you, we gave her such a beautiful girl. Why are you putting on muscles and looking like King Kong and looking like a man? Why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you, why are you going through all this suffering to make yourself strong and look like this? So yeah, even my parents have done that and eventually when they see me achieving my goals and what I really want to do and getting the recognition for it, they, they are happy and proud of me. So I think my parents were the one that drove the deepest wound in my heart. And how did you overcome that? Well, I'm grateful that they have given me a life and, and I really want to live this life to what I want, not what they want. So, being a rebel, perhaps, <laughs> I, I took the road less travel so that I can develop my own personality and character. That is, that is so beautiful. You know, it's like, when I, when I, when I first met you, I, I, I talked to you not because of, of, of the muscles. I, I, that wasn't the first thing that attracted me. Um, because you, you were wearing a polo t-shirt, right? So, it wasn't really obvious that you have been into you know, bodybuilding and everything like that. And I was just chatting with you because of your smile, right? Um, you, you came, you approached me, and you have a smile on your face, and you say hello, and you say you enjoyed my speech. And um, so I think what I saw wasn't just muscles, right? And so I think very often when people see muscles, they, they, they see only that, and they don't see anything else. I think that's they are missing the whole point altogether. Um, there's also a point, there's also a piece over here, right? There's so many, there's so many ways we can unpack this. There's also a piece inside here about, um, you know, beliefs around what women should be and, and, and shouldn't be, right? It's like the, the part where your parents say, we give give birth to a, such a beautiful, petite Chinese lady, and why do you have to do all this to make yourself like a King Kong? And I just found that beliefs like that is, is very old school. It's very prejudiced. You know, it's almost like women have to conform to a certain ideal of what beauty is. So um, how do you deal with all of that? Well, initially I was... Um... I was very defensive when I go out in public and I, I, my muscles start showing and people stare at me and gawk at me and of course uh, they're like whispering to each other and so I was I was very conscious in the beginning and I started wearing like, covered up clothes and then one day I, I decided I'm like I work so hard for my body I should not be judged on how I look you don't know the real me so I just wear whatever I want on my well Stepping out of the gym in my tank top, my hand now, just walk around, hold myself up high, my head up high. When people stare, I just stare back and smile and just go around my day without even thinking about how I'm judged. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I'm comfortable in my own skin. That is so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Um, that, that's very much part of what's, what it means to live a wholehearted life, right? Really to live a life, um, you know, free of what of other people's judgment. You know, here's the thing, right? It's like, if they are frail and thin and, you know, not muscular at all, they'll look at, at, at you and, and maybe they're envious of you. But if they are, they are not, they are, they are, they are not exactly, um, you know, muscular or everything like that, but then they also look at you and say, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you're so muscular, you know, you're, you're a woman, why you look like that? And so it's like, either way, you cannot win, right? If, if you are muscular, people are just going to judge what, whoever they are and whatever it is, and it's, there's nothing you can do about it, right? Yes, there's nothing I can do about it and that's why I should not live my life thinking about what people think or care. 
I'm keeping myself healthy and strong. Um, I I was actually weak and frail before in my twenty in my late um, my early twenties. I had um, an eating problem. I was bulimic, so my weight was. I never wanted myself to be above forty two kg. So I was severely underweight. I was very weak. I was falling ill every other week. Every time someone sneezed in front of me, that's it. I'll be down with a flu or cold. Came the point when I went to see doctor. The doctor said. Barbara, I, why are you back again? You know, um, have to take care, better care of yourself. Your immune system is really bad. Can you please start doing some exercise or eating some vitamins? You're severely underweight. And my hair was dropping. My nails were brittle. And yeah, I just wanted to look the look that everyone wanted: thin, frail, skinny arms, hanger look. That time when we were all obsessed with both models. Victoria's Secret models, runway shows. So I was, I was like that too. Wow, what a story! I mean, you've come a long, long way, right? Um, from being born with a, was it really diagnosed that you had a, you had a hole in your heart? Yes. Wow. And, and so even up to today, my when I was lifting weights, my mom would be like, "Don't lift so heavy. Don't exert so much strength. Remember, you were born with a hole in the heart. When the hole comes back again." Well, you have just added a W to your hole in the heart, so you're now wholehearted. <laughs> what a remarkable story! Wow, 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 wow. Uh, so it's like, what would you say to people, right? I mean, of course, you, 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 you have come a long, long way, right? Your story is so inspiring. Um, when often when you say that I don't care about what people people say about you, you know, just live your life your way, you know, people just say, yeah, you know, typical TikTok advice, right? But after hearing your story, I feel like wow, the pivot, the journey has been so inspiring, right? It's it must have been easy to go from that underweight bulimic girl to who you are today. So, what would you say to people to help them, you know, fortify themselves and inoculate themselves against the words and judgment of other people? Just remember your goal. What is best for you? You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I'm sluggish. I don't feel good. I'm always saying, you know, do something about it. You can always improve the quality of your life. It takes a long, long time, commitment and discipline. But yeah, it's it's not never about the destination. It's also about the journey. The journey of being disciplined and focused and wanting to be a better you in terms of giving yourself a better quality of life. We all want to be healthy, health is wealth. If you don't have any health, you will not have any wealth. Even if you have wealth and you have no health, Yes, no wealth eventually as well, right? Our listeners at home cannot cannot see my face right now, but I'm actually about to cry. I'm I'm tearing actually just listening to this. Very good advice. Um, thank you so much. You have you have also just reminded me about how far I've come. Um, growing up, I was really severely overweight, um, and I was bullied a lot for my weight issues. Um, I was called names and. You know, um, the boys in, in, in class wouldn't play soccer with me because they said I'm so fat and slow and I would eventually cause their team to lose the game. And so nobody wanted to play with me. And, um, you know, today, I wouldn't say I'm in a pink of health, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I exercise on a regular basis. I exercise every day. I Minimum, I go for at least a three kilometers walk every day. Even if I don't have the time, right, I would just like um, take a walk instead of taking the... The, the train or the bus or you know so to me 
I really put effort and time into my own my own health, right? So um, I've also come a long, long way, and I I remember the days when just walking up a flight of stairs, I'll be panting. It was really bad, so bad that you know I never knew I would be able to even run, let alone you know um, exercise every day. So I I have indeed come a long way, and your your sharing has has inspired me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really like it. Always remember your goals, people. Many people think yes. of goals as in, yeah, you know, goal setting, you know, new resolution, but goals are very powerful. Goals are our North Star. If we don't forget our goals, we will always have a reason for living, a purpose for living. As you face the challenges of living up to your own and others' expectations, you may sometimes feel lost and lonely. However, know that you're not alone. We are here to support you in leaning courageously into your heart's promptings. If you'd like more tips, resources, and to learn more about how you can live more wholeheartedly, or to book me as a speaker, trainer, or coach, please go to coentan.com. That's C-O-E-N-T-A-N.com. I understand that you got into bodybuilding after you gave birth to your twins. So you're really defying some logic, by right? Many people think, okay, you know, you give birth, right? Um, then that's the end of your, your professional sporting career, right? But you gave birth to twins and then you got into bodybuilding. Tell me how, how did that all come about? Well, it all came about um, two months after I gave birth, my husband's, um, my husband's friend invited him to see a bodybuilding competition in Singapore. So, he, so I, I went along with him. And at that time, I was still breastfeeding, so in between the rest or the breaks of the show, I had to go and run into the car toilet first to pump my breast to keep for, for the babies later. And on that day, I saw on the stage, there were women up there with muscles, they were made up, nice hair nails, beautiful sparkling bikinis and heels, and they were standing on stage looking so graceful feminine yet strong at the same time. So I was in awe. Maybe one day I can try to look like that, if possible. That that got me into bodybuilding. But you only started competing like four years later. Yeah, because I, I had to lose seven eight k. I mean, I was seven eight kg after I gave birth. I was really heavy. And I started by running, going for runs about three four times a week, and in between I was doing body weight push-ups, sit-ups, lunges. I, I wanted to trim down first before I head to the gym because before giving birth to the twins, we were very active. Me and my husband, we were very active in the gym as well. We go to the gym about four or five times a week. So I wanted to get back into the routine of going back to the gym again. But yet I want to look a bit better and a bit lighter before I hit the weights again. So in 2014, you, 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 you participated in a bodybuilding competition? Yeah, um, I met uh, I met one of the Sea Games competitor champion, Rahim Sihat. He was my coach, and he, he actually encouraged me to join. So I never thought about it. I was like, oh, I don't know. I went back down to my prenatal weight at about 45, 48 kg, and I was quite happy. So when this notion came to join the bodybuilding competition, 
gave me a flashback of when I first saw the women on stage when I, after I gave birth. So I was like, yeah, maybe I should just go for it since it was my dream to stand on stage as well and I saw these women, how good they look. So you were in bodybuilding, but then you you decided to also switch into strongman competition. And uh, it's two different skills, right? I understand. Uh, it's like, it is a, there's a myth, right, that people who look you know, muscular are strong. It's not necessarily the case, right? Can you shed light on this? Well, I joined Strongman because I've always admired the sport. You know, people are yeah, strongmen are all powerful, strong, big, they are so agile, they can run so fast. So for strongmen, we have to live as heavy as possible. Um, like crazy, two, three, at least two, three times our body weight. So that is the very more extreme part of performance sport, whereas bodybuilding, on the day of your competition, you look the best. You're all ripped, shredded, body fat, 3%, but yet you're the weakest because you're, you have been controlling your diet and food intake many many months to look like this. On the other hand, for strongmen, you have to be the strongest on the competition day because it doesn't matter how you look, it matters how much you lift. So that's a very extreme difference in, in the day of competition, per se. I wanted to push myself to the limits and see how far I can go with the sport. So I never dream one day I'll be a strong woman, world champion. I just worked towards my goal and just wanted to be strong and just one thing led to another and that's how I got the title and my achievement. Well, that itself is a very good metaphor for life, right? Um, life is like that, right? It's like very often our practice is showed up in how we perform in a moment, right? It's like every. Is everything that we have done, all the work that we have put in, is for us to be able to perform where it really matters. And I think it's also, it's also a combination that trains you to be able to perform at a peak level where it matters the most. So, yes, tell us a little bit more about how have you applied all the lessons you have learned from this journey into the, the, the rest of your life, whether is it your, your, your family life, your personal life, or your other jobs, other careers. What I really learned is to have, again, your one goal in mind. For example, okay, I want to hit my target sales for this month. How do I do about doing it? How do I go about doing it? It's not like one big time performance and you hit the sale. It's a daily, everyday effort of discipline, of meeting people, of doing your work. Every day, putting in that time contribute towards the eventual um, goal that you want to reach. Same as when you go to the gym, you know, like bodybuilding or strongman. That day, day, the competition day, you also work up to that competition day and performance day. Every day, you have to put in something, your effort, your, your time, your focus, your discipline to keep doing things every day to lead up to what you want and how you want to achieve your goal. So all these is, I don't see any difference, much difference in it. It's just discipline, consistency, and never give up consistency. I'm also blessed to have met the right people along the way. And I, I always have this belief that when a student is ready, a teacher will appear. 
So it's come to a point in my life when I met my unit manager, and to me, she is very inspiring, and she's someone that I look up to in terms of her achievements and accomplishments in this field. So that is how I go with the flow. The discipline, the focus, the training, all these the preparation for the new skill, skill of set, uh, set of skill is the same as what I believe as being physical as well. When you put in your daily work, your discipline, your focus, and your drive to take actions and do the job. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, okay, Barbara, it's like I, I spoke to you also uh, a few times, right? And I, I find that you're also a very you know, easygoing person. Uh, I mean, bes besides the you know, strong woman persona, and also the strong woman, um, you know, the competitive spirit, the resilience and everything. You're also a you know, fun-loving person. You enjoy a good time. You enjoy hanging out with people, having good conversations. Um, you, you taught me a lot of things in our conversations. So how do you make that switch? I guess it's a different hat we put on. I won't say a mask, I would say a hat. Because all of us have different roles, many, many roles in our life. So for me, I have a role of a mother, I have a role of a wife, I'm a role of a daughter, I'm a role of a sister, I'm a role of an aunt, I'm a role of a coach, I'm a role of a teacher advisor, I'm a role of a friend, I'm a role of a confidant. So it depends on who you interact with and what that person needs the role that they need from you to be when you're with them. That's how I switch. And you're able to do it very seamlessly, I can see. <laughs> Thank you. You see that as a super skill? I see it as doing it in my heart because there's no pretense. It's, I'm just being authentic. I'm just being me. That, that part and surfaces when I feel that, oh, you need that part to comfort you or to encourage you or to push you or to scold you. I don't pretend, I don't act. So uh, maybe it's empathy in a way, having empathy. I think your ability to switch roles right, without any pretense or without even having to think about putting on act, it's a function of you living to your life's values. That means you're very clear in your heart. What are your values? So can you share with us what are some values that you hold very important to you, that you live by? Integrity, honesty, doing everything with good intention. And also, you, I mean, I'm not perfect as well, so sometimes I'm wrong, I'm bad-tempered, I'm impatient. But yet, uh, underneath all these, um, I feel that this is good, my heart is good. So when I approach people, I see two things, um, I feel them with my heart first, before my head. So for me, it's like when I deal with myself, it's my head. I deal myself with my head. But when I deal with others, I try to deal with them with my heart first. Wow, how are you so aware of this switch? <sighs> because sometimes when I, I'm a workaholic, so I like to be on my feet and doing things and productive every day. I can't relax. <laughs> I just lie down in bed unless I'm sick or I'm forced to doctor's order to lie down and be bedridden. You know, I feel very uneasy, unproductive, I'm wasting my day. So if, if I'm not doing something, I'll be training myself. If I'm not training myself, I'll be doing maybe some housework or calling up people, you know, running around and running errands. So that's because I'm always dealing myself in my head. 
I, I'm not dealing with myself, my heart so much. It's just tell myself, hey, you know, Barbara, take it easy. Um, have a rest. Go pamper yourself or do nothing for one day. <laughs> I can't do that. It's, it's, I have to make an effort to actually do that. It's not natural to me. So for the past, <laughs> for the past year, I've been learning how to be more gentle and kind, relax on myself. Well said, well said, well said. Uh, thanks very much for sharing that very vulnerable side of you. Uh, you did mention the word pamper yourself, right? And I'm, I'm just wondering right now, it's like, what do you do to pamper yourself, right? Like, <laughs> I was even thinking of things like, do you have cheat days, for example, in terms of your diet? Well, I, I, I'm a person that eats to live. I don't really live. I, mean, I love great food. I enjoy it once in a while. But because I've always been, I've been trained as an athlete to eat and just function and make sure that the food that I get in my body will help me perform the best physically. So, I mean, with this, it's become a lifestyle. So, sometimes when I go out on weekends with my children, and I'll have a burger, or I'll just have a steak. I mean, Japanese food is my favorite as well. I don't really crave for things like pizza, things that make me feel sluggish, and I regret eating it after that because I feel so bloated and sick. But I just love what you said, right? It's like, um, listeners at home may be thinking, oh, it's like, oh, this person just like, is always controlling her diet and everything like that. But you mentioned something that really makes a lot of sense. You say that it's your way of life. And when something becomes your way of life, right, it is, um, it's, uh, it is answering a calling. It is sort of like you being, staying true to your discipline and staying true to your craft. Whatever it is, right? Whether you are a singer, you're an artist, you are a speaker, uh, you are a banker, lawyer, or you are, a, you know, a, a professional athlete. It's like staying true to your craft is extremely important. Even if you're not doing your craft anymore, it, it's become a lifestyle. It's not yes. a diet. I don't call it diet. People call it, oh, why are you on a diet all the time? Why are you eating only this? Why can't you just relax and let go and eat whatever you want? Yeah, I do that when I want to. And or when I choose, I want to, not when people tell me I should. I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, so, I mean, talking about diet, right, you just touched on a very, very common point, right, that everyone talks about diet nowadays, and there's all kinds of diets, right? What are your thoughts around diets? Like, all the, I'm not a, 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 an expert in this area, but I, I've seen all kinds of new kinds of diets coming up, and people are trying that, you know, intermittent fasting, keto diet. Like, what are your thoughts on all this? Find something that is sustainable to you because if you are a working professional, you can't be dieting or watching what you eat all the time. You have to entertain your clients or you have to go out. You make do with what you have around your surroundings to eat. So choose healthier food. I mean, eat more green vegetables. Eat like rice if you have to, but not so much, depending on your activity ratio. Um, Protein is important, so get your lean meat in, like fish, chicken, eggs, oaks are good. Yeah, fruits. Everything in moderation. Thank you, that's very helpful. Very, very um, uh, sound advice and um, also very doable. Yeah, I don't feel so guilty now. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so uh, now we come to the uh, some quick fire questions, right, um, that we always ask our guests. And uh, we'll just ask you a question and you'll just quickly answer the first thing that comes to your mind. And there's no wrong answer here. And also the answers will be typically quite short, right? Unless you feel that, that you, need, you need to elaborate on them. And so these are questions that we typically ask 
all our guests. So the first question is this: Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Okay. The first question is this: What's the most powerful question you have ever been asked before? Are you a man? <laughs> and how is that a powerful question? <laughs> Because it's obvious I'm not. So you're showing me how insecure and spiteful you are by asking me about a man just because I have muscles. My God, that's such a that's so discriminatory. Yeah, that's very discriminatory. I think in today's world, diversity, equity, and inclusion—that's really there's no there's no space for that. Right? It's like very discriminatory. Okay, next question: Who is a mentor or supporter who has made the biggest difference in your life? My husband. He's always been there for me. He's seen all my shit, tears, tantrums. Yeah, I mean, he's, we've been together and married for twenty one years this year. So half our lives we've been together. He's always been supportive to me. That's beautiful. What's one of the most courageous things you have done in your life that's made all the difference? The most courageous things I've done in my life is to give birth to twins. That made a lot of difference in my life. <laughs> can you share more? Can you share more? Yeah, I was bedridden for the first three months when I I got pregnant because it's the uh, twins. Yeah. It's my first pregnancy. Um, I felt that my body wasn't mine anymore. I had to give it up and take care of it for two babies growing, two fetuses growing inside me, two human lives growing inside me. I felt this huge responsibility to um, keep myself healthy, uh, happy, positive. And the last、um, trimester for two months, I was also bedridden because、uh, one of the the water bed broke. So the doctor said I have to be bedridden so that I can keep the babies as long as possible in my womb. But unfortunately, they were still two months premature. So about seven months, I gave birth to them, C-section. So yeah, and after that, I was also bedridden for another two weeks. Because I had an infection in my C-section wound, while my babies were still in、uh, intensive care in the hospital. Wow, wow, that's that's very courageous. After you gave birth to your your twins, right? You you decided to go into bodybuilding. Who really gave you this?、Um, taught you the fundamentals and the foundations of bodybuilding. Harlan Harun. He is the、um, the Champion for Asian Games, first one and only one in Singapore. He's actually indicted in the sports of hall. So I've been training with him for one and a half years. I think I'm the only girl, female, who's trained seriously. Because nobody can take his training. He'll be screaming and shouting at you when you're doing your reps. And if you complain or even utter like, "Oh no," or you or you whine, or you say, "Oh, do, why do I have to do this?" He will tell you to get out of the gym. He said, "I didn't ask you to come here. You came here your own accord. If you open your mouth to complain, I will not train you. So get out." So from there, I learned the very old school way of bodybuilding. All you do is just shut up and train. Wow, that that was very inspiring for me because there are days, you know, where I wake up. And I still feel like, oh, you know, why do I have to do this, or why do I have to write this article, write this、uh, social media post? And、uh, I need to remind myself, it's like, you know,、um, nobody, nobody asked me to do this in the first place. Nobody asked me to, you know, do this, this, this career. 
Right, so I signed up for this, so stop complaining. I think that was just very, very useful. I'll be probably hearing your coach's voice in my head right now. Who was instrumental in helping you make the switch from, you know, bodybuilding to strongman? So one day I was training with Harlem in the gym, and in comes, walks this big, huge guy. He looks strong. And his name is Taufik. So he's one of the strongest men in Asia. He came up to me and said, Oh, Barbara, I'm going to hold a um, strongman thing competition. Would you like to join? And what is the opening weight for the women, by the way? Oh, it's only 100 kilos. So my jaw dropped. I was like, 100 kg? It's triple digit. So he said, It's okay. Let me show you how to deadlift. So he taught me how to deadlift. And I could deadlift 100 kg. So I joined the competition. And that's how my journey in strongman, as a strongman athlete, started. Um, one fun fun question, right? Um, have you seen Physical One Hundred on Netflix? Yes, I have. Uh, do you enjoy it? Yes, I did, and I knew that the bodybuilders will not last. <laughs> Why do you say that? They look great, but they're not that strong, or agile, or the they have the speed like the winners. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, um, would you one day be uh, hoping to take part in Physical One Hundred? In future, if there's a, another season? Well, if they invite me as a guest, I would love to go. Whoa, I look forward to seeing you on Biscuit 100 then. <laughs> 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 well, Barbara, it's been, it's been so much fun and so much, um, you know, so inspiring talking to you. I, I, there are a couple of times in these conversations that I was like, had an aha moment, a couple of times when I was almost crying. Uh, remembering my own journey as well um, of um, overcoming my overcoming the odds and difficulties and and I should really feel a lot more proud of myself and I'll definitely take a lot of your advice as well to heart um, you know around staying true to your goals keep your goals in your mind always um, you will prevent you from being distracted um, by other things and other people so I think that's been I think one of my biggest biggest takeaway so, um, in closing, right, uh, what would you say to our listeners, right, to inspire them to live a more wholehearted life, to go after their dreams and goals? Don't give up. There are days when you feel like doing, there are days when you don't feel like doing whatever it is, your goal is, towards your goal. Don't give up. It sucks. There's this little voice telling you, giving you excuse in your head, going, oh, I'm so tired today, oh, I don't have the time, I don't feel like doing it. Don't listen to the feel part. Remember the thinking part and what you want from here as well. So go with the flow of things and what you have to do in order to reach your goal. Thank you, Barbara. It's been a real pleasure. And um, I look forward to catching up with you again very, very soon. And take care. Thanks for being part of this heartwarming conversation today. If you've enjoyed the show as much as I have creating it for you, I really appreciate it if you can leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you won't miss a future episode. To the next episode, stay wholehearted.